You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. TUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A town square media station. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. I've told you, you need to go ahead and make this happen for that little one, that special little one. And also, look, if you're a grown, grown adult, grown up, you're welcome to at those summer camps, summer chocolate camps at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Give them a call right now, 205-752-0211. They'll get you signed up for chocolate camp. Man, I would have liked camps a whole lot better as a youngin if I had had access to Peterbrook Chocolatier summer camps. Joined on the program by the Sultan of Smokescreen. Mr. Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60-bit-a-boom of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob Harrison, a happy man on this Friday morning. As he projected, as a lot of folks projected, and as he had hoped for, Najee Harris, now a Pittsburgh Steeler, after last night's opening round of the 2021 NFL Draft. And Jacob, that smokescreen. It wasn't Justin Fields at three. But it wasn't Mac Jones either. You weren't buying Mac Jones at three. It turned out to be Trey Lance from North Dakota State. So you, I don't know if you get to take the full victory lap, but you dang sure get to take at least a half trip around the track, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I am moving a little bit quicker around the track. You know, I'm not soaking it completely <laughs> in, but the number one thing that I was looking for there was that it wasn't Mac Jones, uh, and and like Sark. Sark said on Scott Van Pelt after the draft that that's who they were looking at the whole time. I don't know whether or not to believe him on that, but that that was the gut feeling I had to begin with anyway. But, hey, I could have been very wrong on that and just been happy that Najee Harris is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Absolutely. Absolutely. A record tying six Alabama Crimson Titers in last night's opening round. Much of that coming in the first 17 picks. Although you had to wait a little bit longer than you thought you might, Mac didn't go in that three spot to the Niners. So it was a little bit later, although the pick of Jalen Waddle to the Miami Dolphins, you had to like that one. And I know, Jacob, looking at your mock, you had a lot of Alabama players going to places where maybe they didn't necessarily go, but other Alabama players ended up in those spots. Didn't you like Barmore there to the Raiders and it ended up being Leatherwood? Um, you had you had Alabama with the right teams, it seemed like, in, in more than a few instances. Just different guys ended up in those spots. Well, I, I had Barmore with the uh, the Patriots. I didn't think they were going to get the quarterback. Ah, uh, but they did stay put at 15. I, yeah, I, I felt, you know, with the, the lack of trades, it was going to make things a, a little interesting. And then, you know, the NFC East just tries to bully itself. And then the, the Vikings trade back, too. And those guys got some good value out of that. But... Uh, 
I mean, I, you know, the mock draft kind of goes out the window after the first five or six picks anyway. I was just happy to, you know, be able to be fluid in the moment on our show last night and have fun with that and, and, and provide good analysis on that and have a good idea of what was going on. Yeah, you guys had uh, – it was like the Hollywood Squares edition of draft coverage on Title Talk last night. Full house. Had a big crowd and, uh, by all accounts, a very nice job by Jacob and the crew Last night here on Tide 100.9 FM, we got a lot to get into on this Friday edition of the program. And you're more than welcome to join us at 205-342, what is, let's see, 205-342-9904. I was getting all my phone numbers mixed up there again for a minute, Jacob. Senior moment on a Friday. Hey, it happens but, to the best uh, of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to give you sort of a Peter Brook Tied 100.9 <laughs> hybrid number. It'd be interesting to maybe combine those two and see who picks up the phone. Maybe have them on the air, you know, see how that works out. But we have plenty of time for you on the program. We will be joined by Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com coming up in just a little bit. We'll check in with Pops. Pops, I think, pretty excited. You know, as a Jaguars fan, I don't know. I guess I'm a borderline fanboy at this point. I've always sort of steered clear of that. Just don't like that sort of perception and what we do professionally. You can't fanboy. You just can't. But uh, the Jags, if ever I was going to fanboy, it'd probably be the Jags right now. I'm sort of caught up in it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't buy Jags season tickets last night. I'm not going to tell you I didn't because that might be a lie. I will tell you that the oldest, our only son, is very much all jagged up. And you can certainly expect to see him in attendance on the banks of the St. John's River this fall with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. And then the Jags go all Clemson in the first round with Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back. Now, that was a little bit of a head-scratcher for me when you look at the first-round picks from last night, simply because you know part of the one silver linings to come from the 2020 season was that James Robinson, an undrafted free agent, rushed for over 1,000 yards for the Jaguars. So you go running back in the first round in the very next draft. Now, look, Urban, like a lot of football coaches, he loves him some speed, and you're definitely going to get that. Robinson, not the home run guy that Travis ATN is. I think in ATN, Urban sees kind of a Percy Harvin type that he might be able to use in some different ways, not just as a traditional running back. So maybe, maybe that's the plan. And by the way, Jacob Harrison, what had we been talking about? Maybe, wasn't it like two months ago we talked about Tim Tebow to the Jags? I think it was. It was February, I think. We started telling you. People laughed. People thought we were kidding. Tim Tebow to the Jags. Hey, and I gave you a hard time too. I mean, you, you got this one in the bag. Yeah, I mean, and then you hear from... Shefty, yesterday afternoon, oh, by the way, Tim Tebow has worked out for the Jags. Well, yeah, and Urban Meyer bought a house three houses down from Tima over there out towards the beach area of Jacksonville, Florida. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we told you in February, be on the lookout for Tim Tebow and the Jags. So a lot of draft talk, as you might expect, still some Alabama guys. Maybe a little bit of a surprise that Christian Barmore didn't go in the first round, but we talked about this with Chase Goodbread of NFL.com yesterday. Wide array of opinions on Christian Barmore. And for me anyway, a few too many gaps in the resume to be a for sure first rounder. But you got to think this evening, Christian Barmore, here's his name called. Lane and Dickerson. You would certainly expect maybe Dylan Moses. So some guys to keep an eye on as we move into day two of the NFL draft. 205-342-9904. Speaking of Jacksonville, Florida, how about Mac Jones to the Patriots? Mac Jones to the Pats. It worked out just fine for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, didn't it? They sit pat there. All the talk yesterday, about this time yesterday, all the Saints are going to move up into the top ten. Watch out for the Pats making a move up into the top 10 to maybe go get Mac Jones. And what does Bill Belichick do? He just sits right there, sits right there at 15 and gets his guy anyway. It was interesting to hear from Belichick post-draft or post-first round in that he immediately said Cam Newton's our guy, at least going into camp and going into the season. 
and then we'll see what happens. Mac, part of a sort of Auburn sandwich, Auburn, Alabama, Iron Bowl sub, Iron Bowl panini up there in New England now. He's got Jared Stidham on one side, and he's got Cam on the other. He's all Auburned up, Mac Jones. So we'll see how his development sort of unfolds for us up there in New England. But Mac Jones, you talk about from high school to college to the NFL, Mac Jones played for a 10-time state champion coach at the Bowl School in Corky Rogers. Over 400 wins, most winningest high school coach in state of Florida history, the late Corky Rogers. Then he goes to Alabama and plays for the man, Nick Saban, and now he goes to the NFL and plays for the GOAT in the National Football League, Bill Belichick. If you want to have a discussion about guys who have played for the best trio of head coaches going from high school to college, the NFL, well, just drop the mic with Mac. Because between Cork, between Nick, and between the hoodie, there's no argument. That's the best three that a player has ever worked through going from high school to the National Football League. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now at 205 342 9904 and check in with our good pal Corey on a Friday morning. Corey, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Travis. How about you? I am uh I'm recovering. You know, they keep you up late for that first round. That it's like the Jags said last night. Urban Meyer said, look, we were ready to run the pick up with Trevor Lawrence, but the NFL made them wait to the two minute mark. You know, so they can get all the the content providers, the rights holders, they can get them satisfied, get in the commercials. They keep you up late for that first round. But I'm hanging in there, Corey. How are you? I'm doing great. I know we really wanted to see Alabama break the record for most uh, first-round draft picks, but I know, like you said, Christian Barmore was a fringe first-round draft pick. So I guess it's good to tie, but um, – I think I think every player that I've ever went to was a really good fit. Uh, I had no problem with where they went to. Uh, a lot of reuniting with former Alabama players, yeah. and uh, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't go wrong. But let me ask you this: uh, switching sports here for just a second here. Uh, what do you think about this Alabama Georgia series this weekend? Uh, anything stick out to you about it? Well, you know, I think that. Uh... I think for Alabama, the the question remains and player availability, you know, for, for a lot of this. And, uh, you know, you start with the pitching staff and as we've talked about, it's nice to have that sort of undisputed ace within the Southeastern conference as a whole right now in Montana Fouts. But, you know, can you get something more out of Lexi Kilfoyle after we saw her offensively last weekend against Louisiana and can you continue to hopefully build confidence in the bottom of that order? Talked about that coming out of that uh, series sweep of two games of the Raging Cajuns that between Woodard and uh, Clark and some of those players towards the bottom, Maddie Morgan, once you get beyond Tal and Hempful, really need them to continue to produce at least on a adequate level. You just can't have them going through weekends wearing collars and not picking up runs or at least giving you productive outs at the plate. So uh, those are some of the things I'll have my eye on. You know, Georgia's a top 25 team. Uh, you go on the road. Uh, it's good that we're going to have that game. I guess tomorrow you're going to be able to get it on ESPN2, uh, that noon first pitch tomorrow over there in Athens. So, what about you? What are your sort of expectations going into the weekend over there? Well, you got to be able to keep the ball in the park. Uh, Athens is a very hitting-friendly park. And uh, as good as Montana about to, you can't leave the ball over the plate. And that's for anybody, but especially Georgia. They can hit the long ball very well. And uh, Georgia's kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, where for as good as their offense is, their defense is not good where they've committed over 50 mm-hmm. errors. And uh, with Alexis Mack and Alyssa Brown on the base pads, speed kills. And I think if we can create havoc on the base pads, that'll force them to make mistakes. And if Hemphill, Tao, and others can knock them in and inside as well, I think uh, 
I think we can score some runs, and I think tonight's game is going to be the key thing. If we're either going to get a series win or possibly a sweep, tonight's game is going to be the key because you're either going to see the Mary Wilson event you saw versus Oklahoma that beat them, or you're going to see the Mary Wilson event that struggles some that that doesn't pitch well. So, because Georgia doesn't have very much pitching behind Mary Wilson event, uh-huh. and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But tonight's game is going to be the key. Want to see how it starts off. Well, I think you touched on it with the speed Alabama has on the base pass uh, and the pressure that they can put on opposing defenses with Mac and Alyssa Brown and KB sides when she's healthy anyway, are completely healthy. Uh, but you got to figure out a way to make Georgia have to pitch the Hempful and Tal in the middle of that lineup. And so the couple of hitters in front of them in that lineup, obviously you want to get them on base, but you need, you need five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, to continue to show some positive signs like we've seen here of late. Well, Corey, enjoy the weekend, my man. We always enjoy hearing from you here on the program. Yeah, hopefully we can get some more draft picks tonight, and uh, and uh, let's see where these other Alabama players go because uh, I know this makes Nick Saban happy and uh, looking to see what happens the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. It ought to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Corey. Good talk to you, Travis. There Hope he goes. Time. Corey checking in on a Friday. He's fired up. You got Alabama softball over in Athens, Georgia, today this weekend. You got Alabama baseball, of course, hosting the Missouri Tigers at the Joe. Three more big SEC games, especially again when you look at the three regular season series that are going to take Alabama, hopefully, back to Hoover for the first time in quite some time. Need to take care of business against Missouri this weekend because it's Vanderbilt on the road, it's LSU on the road, and it's Mississippi State in Tuscaloosa these next three weekends. We're going to step aside to a break. When we come back, Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, he'll join us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peter Brook Chocolates here right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood, treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama welcomes the Missouri Tigers in baseball to Sewell Thomas Stadium this weekend for a three-game series. The two teams are scheduled for a 6 p.m. Central start on Friday, followed by a 2 p.m. first pitch on Saturday. The series wraps up on Sunday with an 11 a.m. start. All games will be carried here on the radio network. A reminder to fans, the university's annual spring commencement ceremonies will be taking place Friday through Sunday. Fans are encouraged to park in the capstone parking deck adjacent to Sewell Thomas Stadium. There will be no charge to use the capstone deck. All fans with ADA hashtags can continue to use the Bryan Drive lot, while access to the main Coleman Coliseum D lot will be restricted to only those with designated parking passes or game day staff. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Thank you for listening all year long to Crimson Tide today. This is our final show of the 2020 to 2021 school year, but we will return in mid-August as we gear up for the 2021 Alabama football season. For the latest news on Alabama athletics, head to RollTide.com and be sure to follow us on Twitter at UA underscore CTSN and like us on Facebook. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 79. Clear tonight with the low at 53. Tomorrow is sunny Saturday to start the weekend, the high 81. Sunday, clouds move in. A good chance of showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. on that big slant pass to beat Mississippi State back in 2017 late. I remember that one sitting in the press box there at Davis Wade Stadium at uh, in Starkville. So uh, you got some reunions. You've got Patrick Sertan II reuniting with Jerry Judy out there in Denver. You've got Alex Leatherwood in Las Vegas with Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs III. What about Najee? I guess you could say Najee and Isaiah Bugs. They're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Reunions, the theme for Alabama players in round one. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now. Check in with Lewis real quick before we get to our guy, Charlie Potter. Lewis, how are you doing on this Friday morning? Doing good, Travis. Hey, I want to get your input on something, and I'll try to be brief. But, you know, I remember when Landon Collins committed to Alabama, and it's kind of funny now. His mom was sitting beside him, I'm sure you remember, rolling her eyes, shaking her head like, boy, what are you doing, you know? Um, and it turned out pretty darn good for him. I think I think they were LSU, you know, fans or whatever, and has it changed to the point that this Nick Saban juggernaut with the draft choices, with the championships, has it come to the point where guys don't feel like, hey, I don't have to feel obligated to my state universities where I grew up. You know, we just got a commitment from Martin, Tennessee quarterback that's one of the best in the country. And I live in Nashville. Nobody batted an eye when he put that Alabama hat on. They were just like, Oh, well, you know what? Can't blame him. I want your input on this wall these coaches say they're going to build around their state. Has Nick Saban just totally torn that thing down? It sure looks like it. Hey, have a good weekend. Love the show, Travis. Thanks, Lewis. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point now where think of it this way. Think of Alabama going into South Florida and doing the kind of damage it has done in the last decade or so on the recruiting trail back between, say, 1983 and 2000, well, 2004, you could say, which Alabama's first-round haul from last night, of course, tied 2004 Miami for most first-round picks in a single draft. Yeah, I mean, Alabama now goes into South Florida and cherry-picks. Cherry-picks the best players, from the University of Miami's backyard. And then you still have Florida in-state and Florida State that you're dealing with. Or you used to have to. Alabama has rendered them irrelevant in their own state. 
in their own county in some instances. I think that speaks to it as much as anything. Let's go back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. It's time to check in with Charlie Potter. Charlie Potter, because of that first-round activity where Alabama is concerned, the most busy first round for Charlie Potter, I'm going to guess, during his now lengthy stint with us there at BamaOnline.com. They kept you busy last night, Charlie. It did, yeah. Um, I had a feeling there could be uh, several Alabama players drafted, obviously. That's an annual tradition now. Um, you, you had the four guys that were pretty much locks with the two wide receivers and then Patrick Sertan the second and, and Mac Jones. And I, I honestly, going into it, thought they would get five. I thought Najee Harris would be the, the fifth, and um, he was actually the sixth off the board. Alex Leatherwood was a little bit of a surprise there at 17 to the Raiders. They they kind of draft a little unorthodox with John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock there in Vegas now. But um, good to see Leatherwood come off the board nonetheless. And I thought maybe – they could squeeze in a seventh, honestly, with the way it was going. You had six off the board the first 24 picks, but wasn't so. Um, still, though, yeah, busy night. Um, you know, when that just, again, shows the, the recruiting prowess and development Nick Saban uh, has in Tuscaloosa. Um, the Alabama's 2017 class is cementing itself even further and further into the ground as the, the best recruiting class of all time now with eight first-round picks. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've grown to to expect the NFL draft to be, you know, kind of Alabama heavy. But but last night was, you know, a, a night that was even more so than normal. Yeah, you said it. I think, and I, I think most folks they look at this now and they just go, "Well, Saban just recruits lights out." And look, you know, these aren't necessarily two stars that he's turning into first round picks. But when you look at the six from last night. You had a three-star, for the most part, I would say, in Mac Jones at the quarterback position. Uh, Jalen Waddell, as I recall, was a high four-star. I don't think he was a five. Devontae, I don't know if he was a five. Um, Sertan was a five, and Leatherwood was a five. So, I just, man, the, the player development part, because look at look at the Big 12 in Georgia last night. The Big 12 didn't have a first-round pick, I don't think, and neither did the University of Georgia. And all we hear every year is, well, Georgia and Alabama, Georgia and Alabama, LSU, you know, in the SEC. But this gulf that Alabama has built between itself and especially teams like Georgia and LSU that recruit at such a high level, that's got to go back, doesn't it, almost entirely to player development? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something you know i know it's a debate this time of year i know it it feels like draft season is almost or at least before the draft starts kind of open season on alabama there's just they try to find them seems like pundits try to find everything wrong with an alabama prospect and and tear them down and nick saban prepares them for that he said it multiple times um you know they're finding they're trying to find reasons not to draft you during the process um and then, you know, draft night comes and, you know, Alabama, I think all but three years since they've been, uh, been here, at least the last decade, has had multiple first round draft picks. It's just, um, I think, yes, Alabama recruits at a high level. That's obvious. But the development side of things doesn't get mentioned as much because we come to or we get to draft night and then you see these guys that were five star recruits and they end up in the first round. That's that's the goal. I mean, of course, you want guys to graduate. You want them to, you know, be better people than whenever they left your program or when they got into your program. But the ultimate goal is to take these highly recruited kids and to get them into the NFL as, as highly as possible in terms of their draft pick. And, yeah, I mean, you look at the six picks last night, and three of them were five stars with Najee, uh, Alex Leatherwood, and, and Patrick Sertan. And then you know, Mac Jones, I think is, his story is still just incredible, what he's been able to turn himself into his top to 15 pick. And yeah, I think, I think 24 seven sports might've had Devontae Smith as a five-star, but he wasn't a composite five-star. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, Jalen water was either. I think, you know, one of the recruiting services might've had him as a five-star, but it, again, you know, it goes to show these guys come in as highly recruited guys. And a lot of times, you know, that, that doesn't pan out in other places, but at Alabama, the guys that come in as five stars, I know Chris Hummer's done a good job of breaking this down in, in past years, those five stars turn into first-round draft picks. And you know, I don't know what is 
better selling point than that that anybody else in the country can offer. Yeah, the conversion rate with five stars to the first round, as Chris, as you said, is uh, outlined for us in recent years. Is it, it, it's amazing the gap between what Alabama does with those guys and the likes of Clemson, Ohio State, and everyone else in college football. So let's talk about who's still out there from the Alabama perspective. First Alabama guy off the board tonight, Charlie, who's that going to be? That's tough. Um, yeah, I think the, the two guys I think could come off the board first are Christian Barmore, who's actually there in Cleveland in the green room. So I don't know if he stuck around or not, but um, he's a guy that I, I believe it was CBS Sports had him as their 26 overall player. A lot of people had him as their number one overall interior defensive lineman, and um, it's just not a deep draft for that. So I think guys are um, you know kind of kind of waiting on that, and we'll see. You know, I, I don't think. Barmore will have to wait very long, but I think his biggest competition for maybe first Alabama player off the board is with Landon Dickerson because Landon Dickerson's a guy that I think if he didn't injure his knee in the Florida game, he would have been the seventh first round pick for Alabama. Um, you know, I think he tested uh, or interviewed really well with teams, but it comes as no surprise with you know what we've seen from him from a, an antic and personality standpoint. I think teams loved him and would love to have him in their locker room. But the the injury, you know, it's just um, it's a little concerning. I think I think he's going to bounce back from it, you know, fine. But the problem when he was at Florida State was injury history, and now he has another, um, you know, knee surgery under his belt. Uh, again, I think he should be able to, to return to his old self. But that's what's kept teams off of him. So I think the battle for first Alabama player off the board is going to be between Barmore and Dickerson. A couple other guys that might hear their name called today or guys like Deontay Brown, the offensive guard, and Dylan Moses, the linebacker. So, yeah, it's not going to be as busy as it was yesterday, but there's still plenty of guys out there uh, from an Alabama standpoint that can, you know, be round two and round three picks. And, yeah, it's, that's not necessarily a bad landing spot for some of those guys. Yeah, with my Jags picking first in the second round today, I would be fine with either Dickerson or Barmore at that spot. To the Jags, uh, they could use some line of scrimmage help, probably even more so on defense than on offense. But uh, either way would work. So, Charlie, when we think about fits and landing spots for those six Alabama guys last night, uh, who came out best? Uh, obviously, the money's better the higher you go. <laughs> but in terms of the chance to to really go in and you know, simultaneous simultaneously make a huge impact and do so for a team that can compete right now. Uh, who do you like the, the the fit or two best for from last night? I honestly like where everybody ended up. I think they all um, ended up in, in great situations. You know, the Dolphins and the uh, Eagles both need wide receiver help, and both of those guys, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, go and help out former Alabama quarterbacks. So the, the reunions, I heard you talking about that, uh, before I, I jumped on here, um, that that's always good to see. I mean, the the Jags, heck, they they reunite Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. That that's a cool story, uh, and I think that Waddle and Smitty both those are those are good fits for them. Um, I do think that you know we talk so much about Mac Jones and you know, potentially being the number three overall pick, but I think he landed in a great situation in New England to where you know he can maybe sit for a year, maybe half a year, and then take over as the guy for the Patriots. You know, they have Cam Newton there already, Jared Siddham's in town. But you know, with them taking a, a first-round quarterback, you don't see Bill Belichick and company doing that, really. I don't I don't know if they've, they've ever done that. And so um, I think that's a great landing spot for him. He really fell into the Patriots' lap at 15. But I think maybe more so than anybody, um, you know, with Najee Harris, you just look at the – I know mock drafts, you know, they're, they're a dime a dozen, you know, they're, nobody's ever gotten a perfect mock draft, but Najee Harris to the Steelers was a very popular pick. And I think, you know, that offense you know needs a, uh, a running back. You know, they were really at their best when they had a guy like Le'Veon Bell and you know, Najee Harris is very comparable to him. So I think Najee to the Steelers is a really good fit. But again, I mean, I can name all six guys. I think they're all going to good situations. Uh, Pastor Satan's going into a defense that has a lot of playmakers. He can be, you know, another one of those on the outside. A guy like Alex Leatherwood, the, the Raiders need offensive line help, and he can step in at right tackle and maybe solidify that and help open up running lanes for Josh Jacobs and Kenya Drake. So 
I, I think all of them, you know, went to good situations. And really, you, know, you could just say, you know, they avoided going to places like Detroit, and I think everybody's pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of our uh, mantra here on the show yesterday. Um, ABD, anywhere but Detroit. You know, that's what <laughs> our wish was, especially for those receivers. So uh, I'd say it worked out pretty well for everyone involved. Never too early, Charlie. We asked Chase Goodbread about this yesterday. If you had to pick a couple of guys for the 2022 NFL draft from Alabama as first rounders, who are those one or two guys that you'd have at the top of that list right now? I would probably lean toward Evan Neal just because, you know, he came in as that prototypical tackle size and, uh, you know, who knows if, you know, the, you're going to have the debate of whether he should play guard or tackle. It seems like that's always the debate now with some of the top tackles in the country. But I think he's a guy you know, now having or now will be playing his third position in Alabama at left tackle. You know, that versatility will help him. And he has, again, he's just a, a monster human being. He's really slimmed down. And if he has a good season, he could easily be a top 10 pick. Um, you know, I think you see the run on receivers. You know, if John Mechie is, um, outstanding as Alabama's number one receiver. You know, he could be another guy that could, you know, uh, tap into that number one or first round uh, tradition for receivers from Tuscaloosa. And then defensively, you know, you, you look at guys like maybe Josh Job at the cornerback spot, uh, Chris Allen, an outside linebacker. If he has another solid season like he did last year, I think he'd be a name to watch. And then Christian Harris on the inside. Um, you, know, you and I talked about it on our podcast about. Uh, inside linebacker kind of being an inconsistent spot. Well, if, if Christian Harris continues on his trajectory and improves this year like he did last year, uh, he's a guy that could be a force in the NFL with the way the game is moving and the way the offenses are kind of catering more to the, the college game. So those are just some of the guys off the top of my head. But I think Evan Neal kind of headlines that group, and it depends on how guys really kind of improve and develop this season in terms of you know, what we could see happening next year's draft. Well, we know you've got another busy day or two at least ahead of you, Charlie, so we'll let you get back to it. But as always, we appreciate the time here on Southern Fried Sports. I always look forward to combining on the Bama Online Podcast with Charlie. We do that once a week there on the website as well. And always great stuff from Charlie there at BOL. If you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Have a good weekend, Charlie. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. Long time, long time beat reporter for us there at BOL. Always enjoy catching up with Charlie. Going to step aside for a break. How are these Alabama players and their picks by their respective new teams? How are they graded? We'll check in with Sporting News and it's NFL draft grades when Southern Fried Sports returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Jacob from the uh, mother and child to the receiver and quarterback reunion. Receiver and quarterback reunion. I just ruined that one, didn't I? Oof. Cars running into ditches listening to that. I'm sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to ruin that otherwise great, great song. But we do have some draft grades. Jacob Harrison loves those Friday, those Friday first round draft grades. Jacob Harrison just loves them. Do you denote the sarcasm in my voice there? Jacob, not a big fan of these Friday first round grades. But anyway... Where Alabama players were concerned, according to Sporting News, the Miami Dolphins get an A for selecting Jalen Waddell, number six overall. The pick of Patrick Sertan II by Denver, the Sporting News issued a grade of B. 
didn't really have a problem with the pick, did the Sporting News. But like a lot of folks, I think uh, Sporting News thought Denver might go quarterback, might even go up to get a quarterback. It didn't happen. The pick of Devontae Smith by the Philadelphia Eagles, the Sporting News gave a grade of A- minus there. Obviously, the Eagles in real need of playmakers to help Jalen Hurts if, in fact, he is going to get the first crack at that quarterback vacancy up there in Philly. Uh, Mac Jones, number 15 overall to the New England Patriots. A little surprised here. The Sporting News gave that just a B pick, a, a B grade. I thought they'd go higher there. That worked out pretty well, I thought, for the uh, for the Patriots there in mid-first round to be able to pick up Mac Jones right there. The pick of Alex Leatherwood by the Las Vegas Raiders gets a C. Gets a C for Alex Leatherwood. Sporting News felt like there were other higher quality, in their words, offensive linemen out there, but it was Leatherwood there at 17 to the Raiders. You know, we talked about this a little bit with Jacob in the break. You know, in a year like you're coming off of where you probably don't have the data or as much background as you would like in terms of evaluating players, that Bama brand probably doesn't hurt. Probably doesn't hurt. If the Raiders had Leatherwood right there with Christian Darisol and Tevin Jenkins, you're going to go with that Bama brand, baby. Probably didn't hurt Alex Leatherwood all that much if, in fact, it did come down to that. And then your pick... Your pick, Jacob Harrison, of Najee Harris by the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's an A. That's an A there for your Steelers, according to the yeah. Sporting News. Okay, I'm, so, cool with uh, the, I'm cool with the Friday draft grades then. Yeah, it's all right now. It's all right because Steelers <laughs> Steelers get an A. So, Jacob, he, he was ready to come through the microphone there for a second, but that settled him right down. Speaking of settling down, we'll see if Pops has any here in this last week. I'm going to guess probably not. But uh, we'll get Pops' thoughts on some of the events from the last 24 hours. Also, is Pops with this with this Tebow news that we told you about a couple months ago, but with it becoming more of a thing, has Pops already rushed out and bought his new Tim Tebow jersey? We'll ask Pops about that when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolates here right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 79. Clear tonight with a low at 53. Tomorrow is sunny Saturday to start the weekend, the high 81. Sunday, clouds move in, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms by afternoon, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. successful venture around a golf course this week. So two trips to the golf course in as many weeks. Pops, that's got to be a record here for you of late. It is. It is. I'm, I'm so proud of myself. Even though it was just nine holes a, a trip, <laughs> I'm just tickled to death to know I can play nine holes. Yeah, that rotator yeah. cuff repaired and hanging in there. Yeah. No real yeah. problems from that. Yeah. It was great. I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Hey, Pops, uh, it became public what we had been hearing for quite some time in relation to Tim Tebow 
and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it now that it's it's mainstream? Have well, they changed it's mainstream. Any? Uh, I, you know, I'm all for it. Uh, everybody here in Jacksonville loves Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. and uh, more than willing to give him a shot. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we're we're excited, uh, along with Trevor Lawrence and, and EDN and Urban. Uh, mm-hmm. Things are are skyrocketing here. Yeah, had a pretty big crowd down at the stadium for the draft yeah. for the Jags. People fired up. Yeah. Your uh, your grandson Evan purchased a season ticket last <laughs> night. Yeah. Well, good for him. He's I thought up, about man. I thought about Evan when I saw the kids on the on the sports page today. The four yeah. kids all celebrating the, the Jaguars. You know. Yeah. They all, they're now, all about his age. You know. If Tebow is is on the team, will you get you a Tebow jersey pops? You're kind of a non-jersey no, 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 guy, no. but would you break I, that, that, that Tim Tebow? Happen. No, I'm, I, I might get a uh, a T-shirt with you know his uh, number on the back or something like that, but I wouldn't get that jersey. Tebow T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I you mean, know, we, pops we, won't even he won't even wear a Larry Bird jersey. No. What about Hank Aaron, Pops? What if we got you an authentic Hank Aaron Braves jersey? Would you wear that? Back a forty-four is 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 my man now. Yeah, but if we got you a nice Hank Aaron jersey, would you wear it? (laughs) Yeah, I love to watch the Braves play, you know, and all these Uh grown men in the stands with with jerseys (laughs) on that they paid what seventy-five dollars for. I'm yeah, going, what in the world? And got their glove, got their ball glove, too, Pops, at the park. <laughs> You're not a big take the take take your ball glove to the park as a grown man guy no, either, are you? I didn't take my glove to the ballpark when I was a kid. You'll take that line drive to the teeth like a man you yes. know, without a glove, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that foul ball that comes rocketing yes. over there. Above the dugout, you'll you'll just take your chances barehanded, right, pops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you like what the Jags did last night? I mean, obviously with Trevor Lawrence, but I thought I thought ETN was a little bit of a surprise there but that yeah, second first yeah. round pick because you've already got a good young back in James oh, well, Robinson, but you, maybe we, they think he can compliment Robinson well. Well, you know, we love Robinson just like we uh-huh. do Tebow, and uh, uh, yeah. But ETN, it, it shocked me. I didn't expect that at all. Here's but what, Herb. We, we can use a, a, a good running back, and he's a very good running back. Yeah. Pops, I'm going to tell you, I said it earlier. Urban sees some Percy Harvin in yeah. Travis ETN yeah. is what I think. Pops, I wouldn't what be I think. surprised. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I yeah. mean, he's an excellent guy. running back. How do you not take him? And and Robinson, you know, he they they, they want to give him the ball thirty times a game. Tra- Henry, Derrick Henry is you can do that. Too. Robinson's not quite as big, but we if he could get it twenty times a game, it'd be great. And Etienne getting his his load, you know. They need I, some explosiveness on offense. Oh period. yeah, yeah. I'm a. After I thought about it, the more and more I thought about it, I I thought it was great, you know. How about this, Pops? Josh McDaniels was head coach of the Broncos when they selected Tim Tebow in the first round. Yeah. And now another Jacksonville quarterback, Mac Jones, goes to Josh McDaniels in New England, Pops. How about that? I can't. That was the pick of the night as far as I'm concerned Mm -hmm. because – Cam Newton is not going to get it done. It'd be an excellent backup quarterback. But just break Cam in there. I mean, uh, Mac in there. And uh, that that was a, a great pick for, for Mac Jones. I mean, it's just a great pick. Mac Jones will now have played for Corky Rogers, Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick, Pops. How about a, those that's three? a pretty good uh, – you can't get no better than that, can you? You can't, it doesn't get any better than that. I'm serious. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 well, 
you could. There's only one other coach that you could do any better than that was my Pop Warner coach down here. Dave, uh, Larry Pascal. Larry Pascal, Corky Good. Rogers, and, and Nick Saban. Saban and Belichick. But yeah. I mean, but Mac Jones, he 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 thinks his head. And what what he's thinking when he's approaching the line of scrimmage is like Peyton Manning. He Peyton mm-hmm. knows like uh, Joe Namath in the, in the uh, Super Bowl. He waited till he got to the line of scrimmage, place, yeah. read the defense, and then just spit him out. You know, mm-hmm. and that's I what Max got going day, for him. I guess uh, back in your day, you could have gone Virgil Dingman, Paul yeah. Bear Bryant, <laughs> and. Uh, and Vince Lombardi, maybe. Yep, there you go. There you go. There you go. Your, your high school coach. Yeah. And soon to be renamed, it sounds like, Robert E. Lee High School, Virgil Dingman was your <laughs> high school coach. Mm-hmm. They could do that. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine with me. Mm-hmm. You know? Virgil Dingman. Maybe they renamed Robert E. Lee Virgil Dingman High School, and you're okay with that renaming. You've I don't have a problem it. with it at all. None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So it's a bit of a point of contention down there. Yes, you know? yes. We're fired yes. up well, about it. We, we, we got a lot of people, not only just here, but right. all over this country, that wish it was the 1950s and 60s. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, it's not, you know. Including some of your white nationalist friends, as you <laughs> call them? I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. Yeah. All right, Pops. Well, have a good weekend regardless, and uh, we'll check okay. in with you here real soon. We got to check that, that draft out today, too. Yeah. yeah All right, man. See what happens. We'll, Jags we'll, go first in that second round. All right, Pops. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs> ah, that Pops. You never know where it's going to go with Pops on a Friday. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to you for listening as well. The Friday Lunch Whistle. That's going to be Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Great way to go into the weekend with a great lunch right now at Southern Ale House. Maybe get by there for happy hour. Get by there this weekend. Got some great brunch options for you. As well at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. A dream sickle on a summer night in a folding lawn chair. Daddy's howling at the moon, better get home soon.